We are stoked to tell you about our first sponsor, Anchor. If you're like us and you want to start a podcast but have no idea where to start, listen up. So when we first decided to start a podcast, we were looking for a way to put your brain on weird out to the most people um, without having to do the most work. We are so happy that we found Anchor because they distribute our show to apps like Spotify and Apple Podcasts for us. This means that our listeners can find us wherever they already listen without having to download anything new. Once you're ready to get going, just create an account and start recording. They have the tools you need to record and edit your podcast. You can even edit on the go from your phone. Anchor has everything you could possibly want, including free transition sounds and photos that you can use to build your show. Not only that, but you can start making money as soon as you release your first episode. The best part is that all of this is free. So if you want to make a podcast, go to anchor.fm and get started today. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. By supporting them, you're supporting podcasts like us, too. Your Brain on Weird is recorded in private homes in a state where marijuana is recreationally legal. This show's content is intended for adult audiences only. And uh, welcome to Your Brain on Weird. I'm Jess. My pronouns are she, her. I'm Sam. My pronouns are they, them. And this is a podcast where we take turns telling each other stories about weird stuff. And then we give you some knowledge about weed stuff. Some education. Some education, if you will. If you will, I will. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I am... Really fucking good. Good. Um, good. Fuck yeah. We had such a good weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, I got married. <laughs> it's only been the only thing I've been talking about for the past year. Yeah. But uh, it went really Yay! well. And I'm really happy. And Nick and I are really happy. And... Um, yeah, we're now just chilling. I did have to go back to work yesterday, though. Boo. So, Monday afternoon. So, no real uh, vacation slash honeymoon or anything like that. That's okay. But that's whatever. <laughs> you can do that whenever you want. You don't need to do it immediately. Exactly. So, Yay! Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yay. I don't know if I ever said it to you, but... <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <sighs> How are you doing? (laughs) I am also really great. I feel like I can finally kind of sit back and relax for the first time in months and months and months. Relatable. Yeah. And um, today is Maybon, so I've been like celebrating the fall equinox. I like put out all my fall decorations and I'm making a stew right now. Maybon. Maybon. It's it's great. Everything's great. That sounds great. Yeah. That's great. It's just great. I actually do want to. I actually do want to redo my altar today, um, because it's a mess. Yeah, and yeah. it just makes sense for the start of Libra season that yes. we have a nice clean altar. Yes, mine was a complete mess because, like, when we moved in, I didn't really, <clears throat> I didn't really organize it. I just kind of put everything on it. I was gonna say, was yours in a box? <laughs> it wasn't in a box. It was out of the box. It was like all on my dresser where it normally is, but it just wasn't organized the way I like it. So yesterday I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Plus some of the stuff that I use on my altar I brought with me this weekend. <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah, it's it's very nice. Oh, by the way, I think maybe partway through this or maybe maybe when you're done telling your story we'll probably be good by then i need to run out and uh throw some additional things into the stew the potatoes but other than that i'm ready all right so because of our quite busy weekend and i had to work so um i didn't really have a lot of time to do a lot of research that's all right, man. That was me last week, so... Okay, I, I figured you'd be understanding. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah, totally, dude. So I'm just doing just a short 
story and uh, something that like I like personally wanted to look up because uh, as I mentioned, it's Libra season. Yes. <laughs> Which is my sign. Yeah. My birthday is next week, everyone. It's on Sunday. <laughs> don't don't forget. Um, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You'll be shunned. So I decided to talk about what do your sun, moon, and rising suns signs suns signs actually mean? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So this is like beginner astrology, but also like I've I've never really looked into it. So I Me need to like, learn something. Um, so astrology. So there are 12 astrological signs. They are part of the, uh, the zodiac and they are all um, constellations in the sky and they move across the sky and something, something, something. Um, and then stuff happens. And Magic. then stuff happens. Perfect. Um, so there are 12 signs, Aquarius, Pisces, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, and Capricorn. For everyone who didn't know. Because <laughs> I always forget some. True. And they um, correspond with a point of time during the year where the sun is quote-unquote in that sign so if you're looking at like a star chart the sun and that constellation are like in the same what the fuck do you call that range i don't know i know i know what you're saying i'm trying to think vicinity we're gonna go vicinity sure all right (laughs) so they're in the same vicinity they're close to each other and um (laughs) that is what your sun sign signifies And the sun sign is the most commonly known thing if you ask people about astrology. Like, most people would be able to tell you if they're, like, a Leo or Sagittarius or something. But that is not everything that there is to do in astrology. Mm -hmm. There are... Sorry. There are three main planetary points that out, that outline your everyday personality. So that's your sun, your moon, and your rising. Sun and moon are pretty self-explanatory. They're where the sun is and where the moon is when you're born. Mm-hmm. Your rising sign is the constellation that is at the horizon at your time of birth. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I was yeah. gonna say, is it where is it like where the sun rises or like where something yeah, rises? Yeah. yeah. So like each moon so your sun stays in the sign for thirty days. Your moon sign stays in that sign for two days, and your rising sign is like changing as the earth is rotating. Oh. So it really is um if you're interested in, like, finding out what your rising sign is, you need to know, like, basically the exact time of day that you were born. Because it can change from, like, one hour to the next. Mm-hmm. And it can um, affect how you read your birth chart. <gasps> all right. Again, with the, uh, I haven't talked all day, and I'm, like... Your, like, throat is starting to hurt. I'm, and like, you're out like... of breath already. I'm just, like, oh, God. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Also, each sign is um, associated with an elemental property, um, earth, water, air, and fire, a fundamental quality, which is cardinal, mutable, or fixed, and a planetary ruler, which is which planet rules that sign, Mm -hmm. which are the ones in our solar system specifically. Yes. Not the ones and the other ones. Just pick a random one. Yeah, right? Like, I want all of the planets in the Andromeda galaxy to rule my chart. That is not how it works. It's the one that we're in right now. Ooh, but you could have galaxies rule your chart, too. That is a very interesting concept. I would like to come back to that. Okay. Jeremy, write that down. Oh, shit. I don't have a notepad in here yet. (laughs) I don't either. (laughs) 
No one's going to write this down. All right, I am. See, I vaped and then my brain went, well, what about this? <laughs> but what about <laughs> solar system birth chart? I'm going to talk to Freighter about that. Yes. Yes. I was literally just thinking that. I was like, I'm going to message him about that later. And he's going to respond and be like, LOL. Interesting, interesting concept. I'm going to be interesting like. Interesting concept. You're an idiot. Like, <laughs> yes, thank you. He's going to be like, that's not a thing. Shut up. <laughs> Freighter, I'm sorry in advance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So intersolar system. Yes. In- Intra? Intra? Uh-oh. Well, there's... Okay. But, oh, my God. We're not... Nope. Nope. <laughs> we're nope. not good at words. Let's just skip nope. that. Within within our... <laughs> so, within our solar system... Perfect. Your sun sign is your main identity. It is the essence that you put out to the world. Your sun sign represents, like, the drive inside yourself to, like, seek your... um. Like the it's the drive within yourself to be yourself the most. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> does that make sense? No, it does. It okay. does. Okay. And I guess it like um everyone is like I feel like is trying to be their truest self at all times, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so your sun sign kind of points you in a direction and helps you like guide yourself like for like authenticity mm-hmm. of like who you are your self-expressions like one of the examples this article gives is like how you practice yoga which is oh. like that like that makes sense to me because i've practiced yoga for a while and there are certain ones that i like and will do them more than like other styles of yoga yeah Um, yeah so it's like the type of energy that you like you know need to be like rejuvenated every day yeah like my sister prefers hot yoga that sounds terrible to me i don't ever want to do hot yoga ever god i did i did hot yoga a couple times with my older brother and like both times i like walked out like half an hour in because i just like could not breathe yeah uh my personal favorite is called yoga nidra which is the sleep yoga oh it's like meditating to go to sleep yeah yeah it's good it's good i like vinyasa myself i do like vinyasa (laughs) yeah yeah right in between right in between (laughs) all right so once you know your sun sign you can um which is really easy. You just go and you look at your birthday. Um, so, like I said before, each astrological sign is also associated with an element. So, the air signs are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. Your fire signs are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. Earth sign is Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And water signs are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. So just from that, you can look at how your sun um, affects you without going specifically into that zodiac. So Mm -hmm. like air signs, they love to express themselves like intellectually and will often find recharge in social settings. Fire signs are motivated by inspirations and dreams and aspirations and recharge through physical activity. Oh, that's <laughs> Cannot not Cannot relate. <laughs> I am not a fire sign. Um, earth signs are typically motivated by material needs, practicality. They recharge through working with the physical world and being productive. Yep, that checks. <laughs> do you feel that? Yeah, I do. I'm also, like, working with the physical world. Is that, like, gardening or, like, making your bed? Is it, like, I imagine just, like, putting your your hands on things. Like, I'm a very, like, hands-on person. Okay. Like, I don't typically like to just stare stare at things and look at things. Like, I'm not an observer. I'm a very, like, get in and, like, shove my hands into things. Okay. 
So that makes sense. Thank you. That's what that's how I think it's interpreted, but <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was like, earth, that means dirt, right? Yeah, gardening. Dirt. I mean, I mean yes, that too, too man. but sometimes I just want to shove my hand into some dirt. <sighs> so perfect. Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Moving on. Water signs are motivated by deep emotional desires and can recharge through emotional experiences, such as meditation. Oh, see, they gave a good example for that one. All right. So that's basically your sun sign. Like I said, pretty much everyone knows their sun sign, even if, like, you're not into it at all. Because, like, chances mm-hmm. are you know someone who is into it and they've asked you about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the it's like the um, the Chinese Zodiac. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I learned that I was born, like, year of the dog just from, like, going and sitting at Chinese uh, yeah, restaurants and the them mats. having the placemats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so you just kind of, like, pick it up along the way. Yeah. And you're like, hmm, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, yes. <laughs> yes. Year of the dog. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I also found out. That uh, <laughs> that was when I found out that um, a different name for rooster is also cock, and uh, I used oh. to fucking lose my shit at that because <laughs> I was like, hey, "You're the cock." <laughs> whenever I think of stuff like that, I think about how in like second and third grade, whenever somebody would pull a dictionary off the shelf, they'd be like, "Haha, dictionary." <laughs> What a reach, wow. child. That is a that is a reach. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, kids. Kids are great. <clears throat> so anyways, we're going to move on to our moon signs now. Yeah. Also, these headphones are like, I might need a new pair. Are they falling apart? I like keep getting sound in like one ear and then it'll go in the other ear and then oh, it'll be in both no. and then it won't be there for a second. And then it'll be in this year again. And I'm just like, they're on their way out. Well, hey, man, we got some Patreon money. If you want to use that to get yourself a new headset, that headset is that headset's like a billion years old. You've lived a good life headset. I've appreciated it. Yeah, that headset's lived a very good life. (laughs) All right. So if I ever just stop talking and I'm like, all right, I'll just see. Anyways, anyways. Okay. Okay. Your moon sign. Your moon sign corresponds to where the moon was in your birth chart when you were born. Just a reminder. Your moon sign is typically like, it's called like your soul. It's um, the subconscious side of yourself that like, hang on. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, airport. (laughs) So it's the subconscious side of your identity. It's um... You know, the side of yourself you, like, usually keep, like, tucked away, you know, hidden. Um, it's where you, like, where what drives your emotional reactions and um, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I actually feel like I relate more to my moon sign than to my sun, si- sun sign most times. Well, due to the fact that, yes, I feel that. But also, yeah. <laughs> both of our moon and risings are the same. So, yeah. That- Definitely has something to do with that as well. That'll, That'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> when you're just too much of a Gemini. <laughs> Yo, man, I'm too much of a Cancer, and I'm just like, what? I got that balance. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. <sighs> yeah, you're a Libra. You, you do got I that do balance. Got that balance. I also didn't realize that justice is the is I the tarot card <laughs> for Libra. Thought about that. Yeah, when Danielle posted that thing yeah. today that yep. was like, yeah, yeah. Yep. I was like, shit, you got justice like literally two days ago. I was like, I literally just pulled that card. And I was like, That's hey awesome. guys, look, it has scales on it. Wasn't that the night of your wedding that you pulled that? Yes. Ah, nice. I thought it was a very nice. good sign. That is a very good sign. It was. It was my sun sign. It is a good sign. <laughs> oh, All right, Jesus. I'm done. I'm done. Um... <laughs> All right, so moon signs. Where was I? Ah, yes, your inner soul. And also, like, your reactions to emotional situations. All right. Um, So, if your moon is an air sign, you react to changing experience. Changing experience is with, like, objection. Like, 
you're like, I'm not really feeling that. And like, you're like, um, let's like take a step back and like look at every single thing that this is doing because mm-hmm. you feel most aligned with your inner ex- inner self when you're expressing your own like ideas. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so if your moon is a fire sign, you react to changing experiences with like excitement like you're all in you're ready to go and like you want to go and like do something so on fire baby fire (laughs) literally so accurate um (laughs) you feel most aligned with your inner self when you are like showing strength whether it's like inner strength or outer strength i assume Mm -hmm. it's talking about inner strength due to the fact that this is like your emotional self yeah but if you're weightlifting, I'd be pretty hyped too. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you you feel great when you're like expressing confidence. Like I don't know, yeah. I feel like if you're able to lift weights, like so you're showing your strength and you're expressing your confidence. Like perfect. Well, the fire signs are the ones who uh, who find balance in like physical activity, right? Yes. Yes. So mm, it mm, all makes sense. <laughs> Immense brain. brain. <laughs> Fire signs? Consider lifting weights. <laughs> if your moon is an earth sign, you react to changing experiences with stability. You're steadfast, strong. You're like, all right, things are changing, but like, I'm not. I'm here. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. So... It seems like if your moon is an earth sign, you're like probably pretty uh pretty steadfast and uh It's the whole grounded thing, man. Yeah, the person you want around in like a tremulous situation. Mm-hmm. What are they again? Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorns. Alright. If your moon is a water sign, you react to changing experiences with emotion. You are sensitive, you feel like most like yourself when you have like deep involved feelings self-love is like a really big thing for moon water signs um so like just being sensitive and like soft and yeah sounds like jeff (laughs) yes what is what is his what is his moon sign I actually don't know what his moon sign is, but if that relates to the sun sign as well, then yes, absolutely. I'm sure it does. I actually would not be surprised if his moon was, well, now I feel like I need to check. Uh. <laughs> I mean, my moon sign is a water sign, but like, I always like to think of myself as like a cancer with no crying. Like, I don't do that. And I know lots of cancers do. They're just, like, known for just, like, crying all the time. And I'm just like, oh, we're not doing that. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. I feel like whenever I see memes and stuff, they're, like, cancers when anyone tells them no. And it's just, like, big tears and crying. And I'm just, like, cannot relate. (laughs) Where are you getting this information? (laughs) But clearly someone relates. It's just not me. I guess not. Whatever. Okay. (laughs) So... Your rising signs. It is also known as your ascendant sign, which I also did not know until right now. Um, or when I read this. Because, like, ascendant, yeah. and then they have, I assume, do they have a descendant? I don't, I don't no. know. I don't think so. Anyways. Uh, the only reason why I know that is because on, on the CoStar app, if you use that, it, I don't think it says rising on the CoStar app. I think it says ascendant on your on Ooh, that. interesting. That's the only reason, like, why I know that, honestly. <laughs> okay, that's fair, but I do know that the iPhone app is different than the... Um, the Android app? The Android app, because mine oh, looks weird. nothing like yours, dude. When, like, yeah. when I was looking at it the other day, I was like... You're like, what is this? Yeah. Oh, it does say ascended. It just has a nice little arrow pointing up next to it. Perfect. That's your rising sign. <laughs> so it's... um, This is like your social personality. Oh, how this, how this website put it is how you dawn on people <laughs> as you oh. meet them. 
which okay makes sense. So this is the sign that was coming up over the eastern horizon when you were born. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. It's how you present yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's like how you represent like your physical body. It's how you represent like your outward style. Um, it is the, the manifestation of your inner and like your outer self coming together. And you're just like, bam, like the best you that you can be is your rising sign. Um, Lovely. My rising and my moon are the same. So I mean, same. Like I said, sometimes you just have a lot of Gemini. Yep. <laughs> sometimes you just do. <laughs> um, all right. Well, if your rising sign is Gemini or other air signs, you are mentally quick, intuitive, friendly. Pew, pew, pew. And when you have like problems and stuff, you prefer to express uh, problems and situations like directly and verbally like it's like yeah. <laughs> not a situation that you maybe want to like text about or anything you're like all right we have something that we need to talk about like look we're gonna talk about it right now like yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. <laughs> you often approach life with a desire to understand whatever you know the meaning of life um like mm-hmm why you meet certain people or why you like choose certain things um but it also means like being intentional with like your body and the way you move and the way you walk and like hold yourself Mm -hmm. yes wow i'm learning so much about myself i love that i love myself (laughs) i love learning about myself tell me more about me (laughs) i am a gemini Oh man, I got I I think the only other Geminis I know are Em and Christine, right? Yeah, for that's yeah. why we drink. Yep. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I love them both, so that just It makes sense. <laughs> there was like we're Geminis, so and I'm like, "Yes, yes you are. <laughs> you just keep doing whatever you're and doing." And we love it, and we're here for love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess enough about Gemini. Sorry. Rude. Um, if you're rising as a fire sign, um, you're action-oriented, confident, and often super blunt. Blunt. Uh, fire signs usually have, like, really good, like, physical energy. They have, like, good vibes, you know. They're always trying to, like, make their mark on the world. They are, like, the people that when they're done, like, lifting their set, they just, they're, like... <laughs> high five and everyone they're like yeah did you see that i saw that <laughs> trust me i'm an expert yes 100 um, <laughs> definitely 100 so if you're rising as an earth sign they are matter of fact like straight to the point um they have a lot of focus on the material world um less so like the spiritual or like subconscious world you know Mm -hmm. what is there in front of them is like there in front of them you know and that's the most important thing so they have like a very like steadfast approach to life you know they're still like that grounding force Mm -hmm. which i guess makes sense for earth signs yep just makes so much sense to me everything makes sense i'm not an earth sign though that just it just makes sense (laughs) Um, my sun sign is an earth sign, so. Well, that is, that is true. If you're rising as a water sign, you are empathetic and easily influenced by your, like, immediate environment. Yeah. Um, so, like, very sensitive to vibes and, like, feelings in the room, um, (laughs) God, if that ain't some shit. Like, yes. when you walk into a room and you can just, like, tell two people are, like, mad at each other or something. Yeah. Even oh. though they're standing, like, 15 feet across. And I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Get me out. So, apparently, that's a, that's a water sign thing. Interesting. Cool. Also, it says, um, say hello to plants in your home. <laughs> Which uh, I have a lot, so... <laughs> I looked over and I can just see Orion's foot underneath the door. <laughs> no closed doors. He's very upset. All right. Well, he'll have to wait. Um. So if you're water sign, put plants in your home. If you're an earth sign, go touch some dirt. 
if you're a fire sign, go lift some weights. And if you're an air sign, uh, go do some yoga. And I think that's pretty much what I've gotten out of this talk today. Yeah. Yeah, that all checks. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're, like, curious to know uh, what your signs are and how they play out, CoStar is a really good app. We are not sponsored by CoStar, but maybe they should. Hmm. Um, you can just, like, go in there, put in your birthday, um, birth location, and, like, birth time, and um, it, like, just displays it out, like, really easily for you to read. But this is, like, just kind of, like, what it means. Because, like, you can have something put, put in front of you, but, like, not, still not know what a rising sign means. Yeah, which yeah. Is, which is what I learned today, what we learned today, which is uh, where the sign was on the horizon when you were born. Well, I feel like I feel like a lot of, like, I mean, like, CoStar doesn't really explain to you what those individual things are. Yeah, I feel exactly. Like, I feel like they explain to you what it means for yourself, but they don't tell you, like, where that idea comes from. So that definitely, like, that definitely helped. Yes, yes. Yeah, where that idea comes from. That's a yeah. very good phrase. I'm going to keep that tucked. Oh. I don't know. I've never heard that before. I like that, though. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. I like that. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I definitely, I haven't done, like, a whole lot of research on astrology, just because, like, there are other things I need to research first. I have priorities. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Looking it's up not. what Maybon was was more important, which I yeah. understand, because I also think it's more important. Yeah, man. Oh, my stew. Actually, you know what? My bomb. Speaking of which. Oh, yeah, the stew. Actually, has it been an hour? Didn't you set a timer? I mean, I started at a six, so it'll be good in six minutes. Let me just, I'm just going to go check on it. Just okay. Go, just okay. Check. Yeah. I am so stoked for this stew. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. I'm oh, stoked for you. Oh, man, I made soup at work today, too. Ooh. Oh, it was so good. I just what did, kind of uh, soup? like, lentil vegetable. So I just did, you know, onions. I did like a fuck ton of carrots because I actually, the only time I like carrots is in soup. Same. Uh, same. Yeah. There's like also a fuck ton of carrots in my stew. So Fuck yeah. <laughs> See, I'm saying. All right. And then I also did um, a couple poblano peppers. Oh, peps. Because uh, we had some in the cooler and I was like, oh yeah, that's going in there. And then I just did red lentils, potatoes, put a bunch of garlic in there, and uh, just, like, let it cook down. <sighs> and it just, like, ended up being, like, so, like, sweet, like, carrot sweet, like, you know, when Whoa, you Whoa, yeah. Ugh, it was so good. And then, like, the poblano adds, like, that, like, little, like, hint of, like, it's not, like, smokiness, because, like, but do you Ooh. know what I mean? You know yeah, that? it's almost like earthy, earthy, yes, like, it's yeah. Earthy. We went to culinary school. <laughs> Neither of us got culinary degrees, but that doesn't matter. It's okay, my roommates were culinary people, so I still learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> All right, well, are you ready? I'm ready. For some weed knowledge, cannabis knowledge. Cannabis knowledge, the cannabis connection. <laughs> She's chugging water. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> Ruben. It's because she ate so much dirt. <laughs> <laughs> My mouth is so dry. <laughs> yeah, I'm making fun of you. I'm sorry. Is she an earth sign? <laughs> I don't know when she was born. Gosh, shit. She might be a Sagittarius. True. Hmm. hmm. Or she might be a Capricorn. She was born in December at some point. Well. Well. That's great. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> it is. All, all right, right. She's all right, done. All right. She's done. <sighs> okay. So um, this is like, I guess, kind kind of like a little bit more information than we normally do. But I feel like it was really important for us to talk about it eventually. So I don't know. I th also think it's uh, really interesting slash important. So I wanted to talk about the history of cannabis and marijuana and or marijuana. So this is just like a very short, narrowed down history. 
Um, there are like plenty of websites you can go on and find like timelines of like pretty much everything that's happened, everything that's been discovered. Um, but this is just like a quick summary. Okay. And my information comes from Wikipedia as normally. So thanks, Wikipedia. Thanks, Wikipedia. <sighs> All right. So <clears throat> cannabis usage by humans dates back to at least the third millennium BC. That's according to written history. But according to archaeological evidence, it could have been used much earlier than that. Mm. And hemp is possibly one of the earliest plants to ever be cultivated. So before like corn or like really anything else, like hemp was one of the things that like was mass, you know, mass grown. Um, Cannabis is indigenous to Central Asia and India. So that's originally where it came from. Mm. It's been cultivated in Japan since the pre-Neolithic period. And archaeological items have been found on the Oki Islands near Japan that contained cannabis Asians, Asians, um, which is basically like fruit that contains seeds. So when you're looking at like a strawberry, those little like seeds, they're like, they're technically a fruit that contains seeds in them. Yeah. So okay. I guess they found cannabis fruit, cannabis fruit, cannabis seeds in these things in Japan. And they dated, cool. they dated back to 8,000 BC. That's really fucking cool. Yes. That's a really long time ago. <laughs> yes. So we're starting that far back. This is, yeah. Hemp fiber imprints were also found on pottery that was in China, and that dated back from the 5th millennium BC. We know that the Chinese used hemp for clothes, shoes, and paper. And another use was that Taoists would mix cannabis. You know what Taoists are. You know what Taoism is, right? Oh, yes, but I didn't know that's what you were talking about until you said Taoism. So yes, I do. I was okay, like, what, so what is a I was like, I should probably say who a, what a Taoist is. Um, yes. Taoism is a religion, um, and they would mix cannabis with other ingredients and place them in incense burners and and then inhale the incense smoke. Hot <laughs> monks are getting high. Yes, it is a theme. I love to see this. Oh, also the word ganja mm-hmm. comes from Sanskrit or it, it's it's Sanskrit. That's the language it is. Cool. It's um, yeah, which is an ancient Indian language used in Hindu and Buddhist writings. There's a whole history on Sanskrit and, um, you know, that whole language that I started to get into and it was really interesting. But then I was like, nope, back it up, back it up. No, you got to focus. It's so, too much. It's too much. Yeah, it's really interesting, that whole language. But anyway, um, and the word cannabis could possibly have come from the Assyrian word. I think I'm pronouncing this right. Kanubu, Q-U-N-U-B-U. And it means way to produce smoke. Yup. <laughs> yes. And it was also used in religious ceremonies for them. Mm-hmm. It was used a lot, you know, for like religious spiritual stuff. Um, a lot of other early civilizations had shamans that used cannabis as a way to induce a trance-like state. Mm-hmm. And we know this because Greek historian Herodotus uh, wrote in 480 BC that residents of Scythia would often inhale the smoke from hemp seeds as a ritual and for recreation. So wow. they're just using it to get high now. That's so good. And this was, uh, yeah, and this is backed up by like actual evidence. There were hemp seeds that were found in tombs in Siberia. So we know that like, that's a thing. In Israel, there's an archaeological site called Tel Arad that dates back to 8th century BCE. And cannabis residue was found in altars that are there. And the people who discover it believe that they used it for its psychoactive benefits in rituals specifically. I don't know how they came to that conclusion, but we can probably assume that's what it was. So, uh, what else? Um, so I guess that's basically like the ancient like findings and stuff. Um, the use of hashish or cannabis resin began to spread after the turn of the millennium. So it was introduced to Iraq and Egypt around 1200. And then it started to spread into Africa when Arab and Indian Hindu travelers made their way there. And we know this because smoking pipes were uncovered in Ethiopia that had traces of cannabis. So they were literally smoking out of pipes in the 1200s, 1300s. Um, And that's carbon dated. Like those pipes were carbon dated back to the 1300s. That's incredible. 
Yeah. So around this time, it was generally consumed as an edible. And that was up until the 1500s when the use of tobacco became more widespread. Um, so that's hashish. Mm-hmm. Um, industrial hemp was brought to the Western Hemisphere starting around 1545 by the Spaniards. Okay. So that happened. And then everything just kind of goes downhill from here. So Along with diseases, white people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's why I was like, mm, we're just going to leave it at that. So in 1607, um, this is like how we know that it had made its way as far up as the USA. In 1607, there was an early English explorer named Gabriel Archer who recorded observing hemp being grown by the Native Americans of Powhatan, which is now Richmond, Virginia. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Also in 1613, Samuel Argall, who was another English explorer, and he was also a naval officer, reported that hemp was growing along the shores of the Potomac River, and it was, quote, better than that in England. Oh. Uh, as early as 1619, Virginia passed an act that required all planters to sow both English and Indian hemp in their plantations. Rude. Oh, man. I can't believe the English were butthurt like that. Yep. That's so funny. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, your hemp sucks, England. Okay. So let's see. Where are we now? We are now in... Okay. So we're, we're, we're in 1619 now. We're going to skip ahead to 1798. Napoleon Bonaparte's invasion of Egypt. When they invaded Egypt, alcohol was not available. Egypt is an Islamic country. Um, mm-hmm. Alcohol was not a thing there. And so Bonaparte's troops settled for hashish. And fun fact, afterwards, Napoleon banned cannabis use among his soldiers. Because they Napoleon. all just like, sat around and smoked and they're like, man, I don't want to fight anymore. Yeah. <laughs> And Napoleon's like, whoa, ho, 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 no, uh-uh. <sighs> Fun times. We got it figured out. <laughs> um, all right, so now we're in the early 1800s. Cannabis was introduced to Brazil by this time, either by Portuguese colonists or by their African slaves. Um, so either the colonists wanted to use the hemp for its fibers or the slaves were using it psychoactively. I'm assuming it was probably both. Yeah. The Municipal Council of Rio de Janeiro in Brazil decided in 1830, 1830, excuse me, to prohibit bringing cannabis into the city. And they specifically punished use by slaves. Yeah. So here's where we begin the issue with racism and cannabis and the problem that is still continuing to this day. This started in pretty much the 1800s, and probably way before that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Similarly, the British had Indian servants, which led to a ban of the use of ganja by Indian laborers in Singapore. Um, so that happened in 1870. And in Singapore, the laws are still really strict, like really, really strict. Um, you can be sent to prison for having it, and you can even be caned, which is literally being whipped by a cane made of straw. Yikes. Um, and that is literally because the Indian servants were using it because it was part of their culture. So let's see. <sighs> Away from all the stuff that makes me mad. <laughs> French physician Jacques Joseph Moreau wrote about the psychological effects of cannabis in the mid 1800s after he visited Africa and the Middle East. Um, he was also a member of Paris's Club de Hachichon. Ooh, that sounds fancy. Yeah. I don't know if I'm actually (laughs) pronouncing that right. You probably are. Probably. I took French, but I also lost all of my French knowledge. So. uh, I took French and then I left French as well. I was like, "Mm, don't need it. Not yet, at least. Um, In 1842, similarly, there was another physician named William Brooke O'Shaughnessy. He was Irish, if Mm -hmm. you couldn't tell. Uh, who brought a very large quantity of cannabis back from a visit to Britain. And that sparked new interest somehow in cannabis. Um, And so around this time, it started appearing in a lot of classic literature. People started writing about cannabis. Mm -hmm. Um, So these two physicians started realizing that it had all these benefits. 
And that actually meant a lot. So now we get to go into um, the history of restrictions. The earliest known restriction on marijuana and cannabis was in Arabia in the 1300s. Madagascar's king, oh gosh, bear with me, I'm going to attempt to pronounce this. Andrea Nampoinimarina, Andrina Nampoinimarina, king of Madagascar. Mm-hmm. That uh, uh, sounds right. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so he banned cannabis in 1787 when he took the throne, and the punishment was death. Wow. Yeah, capital punishment. He was like, nope. So those were like two of the earlier known written restrictions. So um, there's that. And then in the 1800s, there were several several Islamic countries that banned cannabis. Um, Egypt also banned its importation in, in 1879. Morocco restrictly regulated its um, strictly regulated its cultivation and, and trade. And Greece completely banned hashish in 1890. So it's just all starting to go downhill. Um, Jamaica also passed the Ganja Law in 1913. South Africa restricted it in 1922. The UK and New Zealand also followed in the 1920s. So between the 1800s and the mid-1900s. Canada also criminalized cannabis in the Opium and Narcotic Drug Act of 1923. Mm-hmm. And this was before any reports of the use of the drug in Canada, first of all. Weird. They just like they just proactively were like, nope. So the US, we banned it in 1906. In 1937, we passed the Marijuana Tax Act, which prohibited the production of hemp and cannabis. Um, shortly thereafter, the United States was essentially forced back to promoting rather than discouraging hemp cultivation because... Hemp was used extensively by the United States during World War II to make uniforms, canvas, and rope. Wow. And much of that hemp was cultivated in Kentucky and in the Midwest. So. Hypocrites. <laughs> yes. Common theme. Yes. Oh, there was also, there was also a, a short film in 1942 uh, called Hemp for Victory, which promoted hemp as a necessary crop to win the war. Hilarious. So they had to like completely backtrack and be like, oh, just kidding, we need it. In the 1940s, Russia became the biggest producer of hemp. So that's mm-hmm. another fun thing. Cannabis also started expanding into the mid 20th century, um, into like the mainstream. The British public associated it with marginalized groups. Yeah. Specifically, black sailors and mm-hmm. clubs that were frequented by black performers. Yep. So, Black people. Here we go. More racism. Boo. In the United States, cannabis was also heavily associated with jazz musicians. Hmm. Who created jazz music? Black, Black people. people. So, yeah. <sighs> More things that make me mad. Um, in the 1960s, the United States saw a very dramatic increase in cannabis usage, usage particularly among young people and college students. And it brought cannabis back into the middle class, like, cultural mainstream, I guess. Um, yeah. 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 In the 60s. And that that spread to Canada. Australia and New Zealand were also affected by that. Mm-hmm. And the United States then uh, held a bunch of conventions on drug control. There was one in 1961. There were ones in 1971 and 1972. And there was one in 1988. And this was part of the war on drugs. <laughs> so the U.S. started applying foreign policy to pressure or applying foreign policy to cannabis producing and trading companies or countries that traded cannabis, sorry, in like the 70s and 80s. That was like a whole mess that I like read up about. We just like pretty much chucked a bunch of money at Afghanistan to get them to restrict it. So anyway... So here's where the good stuff comes in. Moves towards legalization. I'm almost done. Mm -hmm. In 1972, the Dutch government divided drugs into more and less dangerous categories. Wow. Okay. In in 1972. So the Dutch people were the first to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks, Amsterdam. Um, Wait, wait. Is this system still in place today? Yes. 
Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm Continue. pretty sure. Um, <laughs> so cannabis, of course, is in the lesser dangerous category. In 1972, I don't know if this still continues. I didn't like really look to see what the laws are like now, but possession of 30 grams or less was made a misdemeanor. Holy shit. And cannabis has been available for recreational use in coffee shops since 1976. Hell yeah. So like you go into these coffee shops and like, I mean, cannabis products are only sold openly there, but like you go into these coffee shops and you can buy your weed and you can smoke your weed and- To be fair- most coffee shops that they have, they do actually have like a coffee shop on the top, and then yeah. like the like weed portion of it is usually like in like like the back separate corner. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I would like to go there. I want to see what that's all about. Yes, I went to one in Amsterdam that was literally like a fucking treehouse. It was sick. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, that's so cool. Oh my god. Once quarantine ends, I think that might be one of the places I want to go first. Yes. <sighs> um so yeah, thanks thanks Dutch people. <laughs> you did it. You did it. So cannabis began to attract renewed interest in medicine um as early as the 1970s and 1980s in particular due to its use by cancer and AIDS patients who reported relief from the effects of chemotherapy, which we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so in 1996, California was the first U.S. state to legalize medical cannabis, and that was in defiance of federal law. They were like, no, that's fine. Cool. We'll just do it. So shout out to California for that. <laughs> um, and then in 2001, Canada became the first country to adopt a system regulating the medical use of cannabis. Nice. Okay, Canada. So California and Canada were, like, right on it. Subsequently, a number of European and Latin American countries decriminalized cannabis, such as Belgium Belgium in 2003, Chile in 2005, Brazil in 2006, and the Czech Republic in 2010. Since then, there have been a bunch of other countries that have decriminalized it, but in Uruguay, they, in, I think it was 2013, signed legislation to legalize recreational cannabis, making Uruguay the first country in the modern era to for fully legalize cannabis. Nice. Um, which Good for I didn't, you, Uruguay. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, like, Uruguay was the first one to say, like, you can use it recreationally. But I didn't either. That's sick. Yeah. So that was in 2013. And then Canada passed a bill to legalize cannabis in 2018, following the 2015 election of Justin Trudeau. Mm. So that's pretty much it. So we're like slowly getting on our way. Like I said, there's like a whole timeline of countries that have legalized it or, you know, there have been a lot of other countries since 2018 that have legalized cannabis for medical and scientific use, but only a few allow it to be used recreationally. All right. So we're we're uh we're on our way, but obviously still plenty of work to do as normal. Yes. People used it for eight thousand years and then white people <sighs> had to ruin it. <laughs> it's been around for a really long time and then racist people who want to control <laughs> That's other like people? literally it, I guess. Yeah. That's literally it. Because like uh, we could get into the whole like alcohol versus marijuana debate anytime we want. I know. So. I don't know. Sometimes I like to give the United States credit because we did try to make alcohol illegal. We did like, try. There was like prohibition. We did try, but... but it just failed miserably. Yes. So yes. Uh, that's kind of basically what the same thing is happening now with marijuana. I was literally like, just going to say that. I was like, we're doing the same shit all over again. People are just like, no, we want it bad enough. And the government's like, Okay. (laughs) I guess you can have it back, but we're only going to give it to you in, like, very small portions. And then all the black people that we've already sent to jail are going to stay in jail. (sighs) Oops, sorry. (laughs) Uh, God fucking damn it. Yeah, that's another thing. Why we- now we kind of know why we're like this. But not really. Because we can't have nice things. We just can't. (sighs) Nope. Nope. However, you do have this podcast. (laughs) We do. Is that a nice transition? (laughs) Yes. Our podcast is a nice thing. 
I think. I love our podcast. So I think we're funny. I like listening to us. And I think that's all that matters. I do too. I've actually started listening to the episodes a little more often. Yes. Just so I can be like, ha ha ha, we're so funny. <laughs> yes, literally. <laughs> I also sometimes just need to like re-listen to my own story because I'm like... <laughs> I was too stressed out to remember what it yes. was. Yes. Yeah. I'm just like, I was like freaking out that whole time. <laughs> I just blacked out that entire time. <laughs> oh my God. That's literally, that's how I felt about the last episode. That's how I felt last week. I literally felt like I like blacked out while we were recording. And then when I was listening to it and I was editing and I was like, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> Oh, sometimes well. you just have too much stress. And sometimes you just have a great sense of humor and you start a podcast with your best friend. Or both. <laughs> or both. Um, if my calendar would open up, I believe we have a little weird coming out next week. Which is the 30th. When this episode gets released, it's the Wednesday after this episode gets released. So if you're listening to this the day it gets released... This week, we have a little weird coming your way. And we actually got some listener stories. So, um, yeah. You still have time to send those in, by the way. Uh, we will yeah. take as many as we can get. <laughs> yeah. I would love to do a, like, listener episode. Yeah. <sighs> that sounds so great. Yeah. Yes. So, if you have any stories, anything weird, um, ghost stories, like, paranormal encounters, Weird coincidences, crazy dreams. I love crazy dreams. Yes. Let us know. Please. Please. Send us an email at mm-hmm. yourbrainonweird at gmail.com. You can also DM us on Facebook and Twitter. And our Twitter handle is weird underscore pod. You can send us a DM there. Follow us there. We are on that all the time. So if you have any like questions or stories, we'll probably respond basically immediately. (laughs) You can also find us on Instagram at YBOW podcast. And I completely forgot to update this past week. It's okay. Whoops. I just remembered. (laughs) Right now. I just did the, uh, I just updated the Twitter this morning, Twitter, so don't yeah. worry about it. Okay. Yeah, well, don't worry about it. I was completely out of it yesterday. Yesterday was a reset day. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page. Yes. So you can find us at all those places. Is that it? Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, email. Oh, Patreon. <laughs> if you like our podcast and want to support us, For a low monthly fee of $5, you can subscribe to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash yourbrainonweird. You have to go to the link directly instead of just like going onto Patreon and searching for it because we're not that popular yet. I guess. Which is dumb. That is pretty dumb, but Thanks, Patreon. Um... (sighs) So if you subscribe to us, you can unlock exclusive content as well as early access to our episodes a full 24 hours early if you're just desperate for these bites. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) You can also rate us on Apple Podcast and uh, also leave a review. Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can leave us a review as well as rate us. And, uh... Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it, too. Okay. Well, thank you again for listening to our weird, dumb, crazy, interesting, funny show. Yes, thank you so much. If you made it this far. This has been Your Brain on Weird. Goodbye. See you next week. Whee! Okay. You should record. Yeah, you should record. So Sam and I just finished recording episode 20, and I realized there was something that I really needed to show them. So, hold on. (laughs) I gotta find it. Uh, I'm not done yet. Feed it, Jeffrey. But it's okay. Shit, where is it? Oh, no, here it is. Okay, 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 okay. (laughs) I know we love art, so... uh, I wanted to surprise you oh with God. some more art. I love art. If you have art. Facebook Messenger open. 
You will see it right now. Oh my god! What? Who drew this? Oh my fucking god. Seth. Nick, come and look at this. What? Oh my god. So good. Who drew that? Our friend Seth. Yeah. So Seth Holy Seth did those. Shit. Seth oh did those god. for us. Thanks, Seth. <laughs> wow, that was a great surprise. <laughs> I'm glad. I can't believe I fucking forgot. In the middle of the episode. I can't believe oh, I forgot. Wow. wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Seth. You're welcome. Thank you, Seth. <laughs>